Templeton, I'm going to ask you to stay at the piano if you don't mind, or uh, in just a moment we're going to sing your uh, tune that you wrote for Psalm 63. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter number 6, Matthew chapter number 6, and I'm going to, I'm going to jump right in tonight. I, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, I won't keep you all night, just most of the night, <laughs> no, uh, I'm, but I, I probably have more here than I have time to say tonight, but I just want to be led by the Spirit. I want to encourage you. Um, uh, I want to encourage you. There's so many things about the Christian life that, you know, it ought to be a way of life. You know, we, we're talking about a tough subject in Sunday school. So many, how many of you in my class, you're like, yeah, it's a little tough, isn't it? And uh, to do what we're supposed to do when it comes to uh, uh, confronting, you know, our brother, sister in Christ. But it ought to be a way of life. Jesus said, you can do that seven times a day if you need to. Uh, you do it seven times a day, every day, if you need to. It should be a way of life. Forgiveness ought to be a way of life. And prayer ought to be a way of life. How many of you would like to see God enrich your prayer life, your fellowship with Him, your effectiveness with Him? How many of you would like to see God? I want to see that. I really do. And um, um, and so, anyway, I, I, I need this. I need this. And uh, I hope that you'll... Um, feel the same. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord said, take heed that you do not your alms, that's that's personal giving before men, to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So you can forfeit a heavenly reward because you do the right thing for the wrong reason. Now, it doesn't mean it's wrong to do. It's still right to do. It's, it's better to help a poor man with pride in your heart than not help him at all. Um, and alms is personal giving, helping somebody out. But if you want a if you want a reward in heaven, then you don't do it to be seen. And um, and so uh, he says in verse two, when therefore when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet. Don't make a big deal out of it. Try to get glory. Uh, and he goes on down and he says, uh, verse number 6, When thou uh, prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And the Father which saith in secret shall reward thee openly. Our, our private prayer life is really and truly the most important aspect of our Christian life. And uh, you can succeed in a lot of aspects of the Christian life. But our private prayer life is the most important aspect of our Christian life. And so you can, you can fail at a lot of things, but, or succeed, excuse me, you can succeed at a lot of things, but if you, if you fail in your private prayer, at very best, you succeeded in least things, lesser things. And uh, so sometimes, sometimes we talk about prayer, sometimes you can almost, it seems like you emphasize it to a fault, uh, and you may have felt that about others of the Christian life. Let me tell you something, you get your prayer life straightened out, it's like all kinds of things start straightening out. <laughs> Things begin to fall into place. Soul winning is easier. Amen. You, you, when you get filled up with God, you, you got to tell somebody. And uh, you've got a better spirit. You get along with people better. And uh, most, of us, most of us need help. And he said, so don't, it's not for show. Go to your closet and God will hear you. He'll reward you openly. And then the, the third set of wins is down in verse 16. He said, when you give and when you pray. And now verse 16. Moreover, when ye fast. And we've said it over and again, but that little phrase, that little word, when, imp- implies that uh, the Lord is expecting this. Amen? 
He's expecting this. Moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. Now look at, uh, he didn't say necessarily that's wrong for them to do that, but that's all you get. Oh, look at Brother Hamilton. He looks so weak. Oh. Now if that's why he did it, so I could go, oh, bless his heart, then that's all he got. He got to bless your heart. And there are a dime a dozen, especially around here. Can I get a witness? <laughs> but that's all he gets, if that's what he's looking for. Now he might get a bless his heart, and he's not looking for it. Right? And he really, really is trying to please the Lord and somebody notices and so forth. Uh, that's not why he's doing it. Uh, he said, verse 17, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen. Let me pray again. Father, just bless, please. I need your Holy Spirit's help and power tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the sweetest things to me about uh, prayer and fasting is that it, uh, it makes my heart hungry for the Lord. It makes my heart hungry for the Lord. And how many of you want God active in your life? Say amen. You want God active in your life. And the truth is we're so full, full of the world, physically full uh, in many ways, we could apply that. We're so full, we don't need anything. And the Bible talks about that in the book of Revelation, that there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a state of mind, that a church can get to a place where we think, well, we don't need anything. I mean, we're, we're fat and sassy, so to speak. We're, and God said, you know, you're not. You're naked and you're blind and you're sickly and you don't even know it. And, and, and he said this. He said, you know, what, you know how you know you're sick? You know how you know you're sick? You're not on fire and you're not dead cold either. You're just somewhere in the middle. You're sick. God said, I just about, I'd just i rather you be cold as ice than be puke warm. He said, lukewarm makes me warm puke. That's, gee, that's the Lord said that, right? So I'm not that bad. Yeah, you're sort of puke warm. And God said, that really smells. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I get lukewarm. But I don't want to, I don't want to be lukewarm. I like I mean, like cold milk. I like cold milk. Here we are about food again. Certain things you got to have milk with, right? Peanut butter and jelly, you gotta have milk. Is that right? Chocolate cake, gotta have milk. Is that right? Okay. Cornbread, gotta have milk. Now, how many of you like your milk cold? You like your milk cold? All right, all right. But when we have uh, sometimes we'll have breakfast for supper. How many of you like breakfast for supper? Amen. Why we can't we're gonna talk about food all night long. <laughs> anyway, I like breakfast for supper. And, uh, and my wife, she knows this, and now after 30 years of marriage, 31. Anyway, um, she'll put my milk in the freezer about 10, 10 minutes or so or however long before the meal. And when it, she sets it in front of me, it had a little thin thing of ice on it because she knows I like it so cold it hurts my back and my throat when I swallow it. Amen. Can I get a witness? Anybody else? I like cold milk. Amen. I'll tell you something else. I microwave my cup of The first cup of coffee, I microwave it about four times every morning. I mean, anybody else? I like it hot. Amen. I don't like I don't like lukewarm coffee. Anybody feel the same way? I like it hot. Amen. We put it on the hot mode on the pot, and we put it in we put it in the cup, and I put it in the microwave. Amen. And uh, it brings up blisters every morning going down my throat. Now I like it hot, I like it cold, and and you know the Lord's same way. 
Amen? Now, he don't want us to be ice cold. But he said, you know, I'd just soon you be that as be satisfied with being warm. And you know what? I need, I need my heart warm to God. I, I, I want to be hot for the Lord. Amen? I, I want to be on fire for Anybody want to be on fire for the Lord? I want to be on fire for the Lord. These are verses that move my heart. Hosea 10, 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. You look around at what's going on in our nation, what's going on in our homes and families, what's going on in youth and, 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 and of this nation, and there'll be something that says inside of us, it's time to seek the Lord. Amen. These are verses that move my heart. Psalm 119, 126. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. The last, we took this as our, our theme verse. My last year in Bible college was leading a group of bus uh, captains. And there were seven of us, and this Hamilton was in uh, one, on one of those routes. And, and uh, that was our theme. And we set a goal, and we had, I don't know how many we had. We had hundreds and hundreds that came. And uh, we, we prayed and we fasted. And that was our theme. It is time to seek the Lord. How many of you think, yeah, it's time, we, we need God. Amen? It's time to seek the Lord. Let's sing uh, Psalm 63. Turn over there if you don't know it. I love these verses. <clears throat> Miss Hamilton so, uh, did such a good job setting them to music a couple of years ago. Uh, Psalm 62, and we'll sing verse 1, 2, and 3. These are verses. Uh, these verses make me hungry for God. They make me hungry for God. And I want to be hungry for God. Oh God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for thee In a dry and thirsty land Where no water is To see thy power and thy glory So as I have seen thee In the sanctuary Because thy loving kindness is better than life my lips shall praise thee oh god thou art my god let me have an adult man on this side of the room stand up in a big booming voice best you can and read out loud those three verses and then tag it with verse eight just whoever you are just one of you men stand up real quick jump up there on this side, I get ready to ask this side too, so be ready. Go ahead. Who's first? Just jump up. All right, Brother John, go ahead. One, two, three, and then eight. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy love and kindness are better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Read verse number 8 as well. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. Isn't that a great phrase? My soul followeth hard after thee. He was called a man after God's own heart. Stand up there and read for me. Whoever's going to do that real quick, man. Come on. 
see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. My soul falls hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. How about all the ladies? Read it. You ready, ladies? We'll let you read it, okay? Oh, God... sing it again. Oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land, where no water Thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. to Psalm 42, Psalm 42. Some of these are verses that they just move my heart and they make me hungry for the Lord. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? You know, the New Testament in Romans chapter 8 talks about our prayers and the Holy Spirit helping our infirmities as we pray. And it talks about how the Holy Spirit uh, uh, communicates, helps us communicate to the Father and, um, and uh, with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Bible said that uh, God takes our tears, he puts them in a bottle. When um, Hezekiah was given that death sentence by Isaiah the prophet, he turned his face to the wall and he began to pray and cry. And before Isaiah got off the palace grounds, the Lord stopped him and said, Isaiah, go back. Tell Isaiah, I have heard thy prayer and seen thy tears. And I'm going to give you an extra 15 years. You know the song, As the Deer. Can you bring us into that? Sing with me if you know it. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to You alone are my strength, my shield, 
my spirit heal. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. Brother Kevin, stand up if you would and read Psalm 42, verses 1 through 3. And as soon as you finish, John, won't you stand up and read the same verses, all right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Can you can we really say that from our hearts tonight? Like the heart, like the deer running through the woods. You know what a deer does when he gets uh, wounded? He'll go to water. He's got to get to water to lay down. And just like that deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee. You imagine that animal. And that's the way we ought to be with the Lord. Amen. My soul thirsteth for God. The Bible said in Psalm 35, 13, I humbled my soul with fasting. You know, there's something in us that's called pride. It's in every one of us. It's what got Satan kicked out of heaven. And the Bible tells us that before honor is humility. The Bible tells us, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. And the Bible says that we can humble ourselves with fasting. How many of you get too big for your britches sometimes? Say amen. A little too fond of our opinions, say amen. amen. Argumentative, say amen. amen. Yeah. And we don't like it. Our flesh doesn't like it to humble ourselves and go and apologize and admit when we're wrong. Uh, but the Bible says fasting will help with that. We humble our souls. By the way, even old wicked Ahab, you remember that? Wicked Ahab, under the judgment of God, he had a moment of truth and he humbled himself and he fasted and he prayed and he sought the Lord. And God said, Ahab, I see you praying and you're fasting. You mean business. He said, I'm still going to punish you. I'm going to wait till you're dead to do it. I'll do it when your son's lifetime, not yours. Even though Ahab, you say, I'm not spiritual. Ain't no reason for me to fast. I'm not spiritual. Well, you're in good company. Amen. <laughs> the New Testament said Elijah, he said he was a man in like passions like we are. You, you don't think Elijah had a temper? You don't think Elijah, you know, Elijah's made out of the same old sorry stuff you and I are made out. I, don't raise your hand. You don't have to witness here. But how many of you say, I'm just playing old sorry sometimes. I'm just mad. <laughs> we're all made out of the same stuff. And Elijah was. And God said, Elijah, he's made out of the same stuff you and I were made out of. And he prayed, didn't rain for three and a half years, prayed again, and here it comes. Amen. Now, why? Because he was a super, super spiritual man? No. The Bible says he's just like you and I. But you know, we have the same God Elijah had. Amen. And if Elijah could seek the Lord and God could answer his prayers, could he not answer our prayers? 
In Luke 2, the Bible said there was one Anna. She was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years. Now, however you interpret that, she's a minimum of 84 years old. And I personally think that she's uh, in, her, in her 90s. Uh, but anyway, she departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. You know, a lot of people saw that baby Jesus. They took him. After eight days, they took him to the temple, right? But you talk about a woman that walked with God. You talk about a woman that had her spiritual antenna up. She saw that baby. She goes, whoo, there he is. I've been waiting for this child. Now, how many other people are there? And they're religious people. I mean, they're at the temple, right? And she knew who he was. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, In all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God... In much patience, afflictions, necessities, distresses, and stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, watchings, in fastings, plural. It was a way of life for the great apostle Paul. In Philippians, he writes, Brethren, be ye followers together of me, and mark them which walk, so as ye have for us, us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of, of, of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, ouch, here it comes, whose God is their belly. Their belly tells them what to do. That's in the Bible. You know what a bunch of us need to do? You know what your pastor needs to do? <laughs> Dethrone the belly God. How many of you say, that is no fun, Pastor? I can give a witness on that. But it needs to be done, doesn't it? First Corinthians 9, he said, Paul said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. You know, we, we ought to keep our bodies under subjection. The Bible's clear about that. Some of you all here are so disciplined. I, I thank you for your testimony for the Lord in this area. Uh, and uh, it challenges us. Thank you for that. But every one of us, amen, everyone. And everybody's body's made a little different. I understand all that. Uh, skinny is not spiritual. Skinny is disgusting. And I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but <laughs> temperance is spiritual. Amen? It's spiritual. It's called self-control. Paul said, I have to work at it. I, he said, I do it daily. After every single day, I have to die to myself. I keep under my body. Literally, here's what that means. He said, this, this is literally what that little phrase means. It means I pulverize <laughs> my body. Talking about himself. I, <laughs> I just have to beat myself up every day over this thing and uh, keep myself. Now, let me talk about the fasting here for just a few minutes. For those of you that maybe have never done something like that, there's... Uh, in the Bible, there's three different types of fast. We give, it, give them a name that's not a Bible name, but just to help you to understand fasting. Uh, we'll call the first one an absolute fast. For some of you, this will be a little bit of review. And uh, there's several examples in the Bible where people, again, food, uh, fasting, by definition, is putting away food for a spiritual purpose. And so in the Bible, there's examples of those who, who, who did a, 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 an absolute fast, meaning they took nothing by mouth. They took no nourishment. They took no liquid. Now, uh, 
my understanding, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm, uh, but my understanding is that you can't live uh, three days without any water. And I've heard that. I've heard other things, too. And I've also watched people lay in hospice for weeks on end with nothing in their mouth. I'm not recommending that, and I don't want you to go to hospice. <laughs> okay. But I, I'm just saying that that, that's, that is in the Bible. You said, that's ridiculous. Well, you'll have to take that up with the Lord because Moses actually uh, did it twice. He went 40 days. Now, I'm not suggesting you all do this. But Moses twice. The uh, references are Exodus 34, 28, Deuteronomy 9, 9 through 19. Twice went 40 days without any nourishment, without any water. The Bible specifically says so. You say, how's that possible? It's supernatural. It was miraculous. Amen? God miraculously sustained him. Esther led the Jews when uh, Haman was going to slaughter all the Jews. And uh, he manipulated the king. Uh, and, um, and she said, we got to fast and pray. And for three days... Esther and all those with her did not take anything by mouth. Now, I've never done that. And I would not recommend that you do that unless you know for sure that God the Holy Spirit is leading you to try something like that. Sometimes people say, I'm going to do such and such. You know, that's like the guy that just learned how to walk last week. He said, I'm going to run a marathon next week. You don't need to run a marathon. You need to learn how to climb steps first. <laughs> So, um, uh, then Saul did that for three days in Acts chapter 9 and verse number 9. The second type of fast was what, what I would call a normal fast, meaning simply you put the food away, no food. And a normal fast can be to different degrees of intensity. Um, what you might think of the strictest normal fast, which means no food. And water. And by the way, when you're fasting physically, from a physical standpoint, the most important thing you can do is drink much purified water. And it's not hard to find the formula. I, I've taught it, and I don't have it in front of me. Please forgive me. Uh, but uh, but it's not hard to find how much water you need, liquid intake you need. But you listen. Don't don't fast and don't drink water. Okay, you're gonna get yourself, you'll hurt yourself physically, and you'll lose the benefit. You'll end up hurting yourself instead of helping yourself. But if you, no food, but it's pure water. Pure, use purified water, I'd recommend that. And, uh, and that uh, is, I guess what we say, the strictest form or the most intense form of a normal fast, which means no food and water only. Uh, and then, um, then again, um, uh, you, may you may take water and juice. You may take water and juice. And... Uh, that would be, uh, you know, uh, less intense than just water. Um, you may take water and other liquids. And I have found that in extended fasts that uh, sometimes I need to go to another thing just to be able to finish, I feel like, the goal that God put in my heart. Uh, and... Uh, uh, most of the time in this season, I'm just telling you personal, I'm just... I don't know if this will help you or not. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Most of the time in these three weeks, and I hope the Lord helped me do this again, I want to spend at least seven days with just water. And, um, and honestly, I'll get as far as I can into those seven days. Sometimes I get 
five days, six days. Sometimes I get two days. <laughs> and then I'll, uh, I'll set a goal to have seven days with uh, juice of some kind. And so I'll, uh, sometimes if, I, if I'm going three days, about to, my head's about to explode, uh, <laughs> then I'll take a juice one day. And that helps me get over the hump, so to speak. And you say, is that the right way to do it? I have no idea. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I'm just telling you what, I, what helps me. And then sometimes I'll take other, and get to a place where I'll take other liquids. I'll take a, 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 a soup, for, I'll take a chicken noodle soup, for example, and I'll put it in a strainer. And the warmth of that broth, but it, 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 it'll help me. <laughs> Amen. And, I, and that helps me get a little further. And again, it's not a right or wrong way. I, I, I want to do I'm trying to please the Lord. I know I need God, and I know that fasting will help me to stay humble and open my spirit up to the Lord, and that's what I'm trying to do. Um, then uh, there's, there's several examples of um, this. Jesus went 40 days, uh, the Bible said, with no food. And so when the Bible does not specifically say no water, I take that, interpret that as the fact that that was what I would call a normal fast, where the Lord Jesus drank water, but he didn't have any food. And that's uh, in Mark 1, 9 to 13, Luke 4, 1 and 2. And then Elijah did the same thing in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Kings in chapter number 19. And then the third one would be what I would call a partial fast. And I don't want to use the word partial to diminish the the benefit or the importance of it, because uh, certainly God blessed and used it. T take your Bibles and turn to Daniel, and let me show you this this one here. Uh, and again, I, I I'm happy to share my notes with you. <clears throat> Daniel one, and down in um, verse number eight. Daniel, of course, was uh, taken captive with other young. Israeli men, uh, much like uh, happened back on October the 7th. And, uh, but he was taken for other purposes. He was taken to be trained. Uh, they made him a eunuch. That was obviously life-changing. And uh, he uh, was trained then to serve in uh, the Babylonian court there in the palace. He, he came from a good family. He was well-educated. A, a lot of things about Daniel that made him stand out. But in that, he was expected to drink wine and eat meat that had been offered to idols. And Daniel said, that's against my convictions. I can't do either one of those. I'm not going to drink and I'm not going to participate in something that associates me with idolatry. Verse number 8 says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel, and this is such a sweet verse. And God, now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. That's mentioned in Acts chapter 7, verse number 10. This is something that God did. Uh, 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 it's a sweet thought. God did it. Uh, and, and here he does it for Daniel. God brought Daniel into favor and tender love. With the prince of the eunuchs, all right? These are the young men that were taken. They were made eunuchs, and they're being trained to serve in this uh, heathen Babylonian court. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king, who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse liking than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. 
Then said Daniel to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are his three friends. We know him as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Prove or test thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Now, my best understanding of the word pulse is something that comes from a scene. You could just, you could just put vegetables there. Simplify it, and I think that's a fair interpretation of that. Uh, understanding of that word. In other words, uh, fresh uh, vegetables, um, fruits should be included in that, uh, seeds, so forth. <clears throat> he said, uh, "He said, I beg you, please, I beseech thee, ten days, uh, let's have a test, and let them give us vegetables, I'm going to use that word, to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he, the prince of the eunuchs, consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. Look at this. And at the end of the ten days, their countenance appeared fair. You know what? They were better looking. <laughs> they were better looking. And fatter in flesh. Now, we, fat in the Bible has a better connotation than fat does today, okay? All right. But it means healthier, believe it or not. It means healthier, and the fatness in the Bible is a sign of it symbolizes God's blessing. And so, so uh, anyway, fatter in flesh, actually, their physical health improved than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. All these other young men were drinking the wine and eating the meat. Thus, Melzar took away the portion of their meat. So, Daniel's unsaved boss takes away. The, the, the meat that they're supposed to eat and the wine which they should drink and gave them this vegetable and water diet only. And as for these four children, God, look what God did. Gave them knowledge. So already their looks have improved. Their health has improved. Now their minds are sharpened. Gave them knowledge and skill their skills were sharpened. And in all learning and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams that spiritual depth. I found this, look at what you spent if you don't mind. I found this in an extended fast. This book, this book comes alive. God will, when your mind gets clear and your body gets clear, it's God's way of cleaning out your body. And and, 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 and now then, this book is just some of the sweetest things you'll ever discover in this book right here. Is in a season when you say, I want God and His Word. I want Him to speak to me more than I want to be nourished physically. And uh, God did that for Daniel. There's another. This, this was 10 days. We don't know how much longer it went after that. But there's another example of this in Daniel chapter number 10. Don't turn to it. But Daniel, the same thing again. And this time he did it for three weeks. And God gave Daniel an incredible vision of the Lord and just came right into, the, into God's presence. He describes him like John does in Revelation, like one of the other prophets, and just an incredible time. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you, if you will, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, pray and seek the Lord and say no to the flesh. I'm just telling you, you know, God might just draw you a little closer to the throne. And, buddy, it's, it's sweet. How many have a little idea of what I'm talking about? Just nod your head up and down a little bit. Yeah. 
Now, let me make you a few statements, practical advice. Number one, the intensity of the fast should be determined by the intensity of the need. I think that you, you, you say, I need something from God. Okay, then let your fast be commensurate with that need and your desire for God. Number two, start where you are. If you've never fasted before, start with a single meal. Maybe you could uh, skip lunch one day, if you skip supper one day. Uh, and uh, use some time to pray. Use the time you would prepare the meal, for example, or eat the meal. And use that in fellowship with the Lord. Uh, whether it's then during that time or time added to your regular prayer time. Uh, but you use that time in prayer uh, with the Lord. Uh, then it would not be hard for most anybody in this room. There may be some very... Some few exceptions for physical reasons, uh, but uh, you could go 12 hours and uh, without anything and just say, I'm going to focus on the Lord in my Bible and I'm going to talk to the Lord. And uh, do you know if you stopped eating at 6 o'clock one evening and then didn't eat again till 6 o'clock the next evening, you would have gone 24 hours. And you know what? You say, that's impossible. It's not really. It's really not that hard, honestly. You say, are you kidding me? Now, first time I did it, I... I thought I was going to die. But as you can see, I survived. Amen. But you know what? It's a, it's a wonderful thing. I don't mean this in a... I, don't, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But you know, just like you feel like... You, you feel like you leave church. like, man, I'm so glad I went to church today. And you finish reading your Bible. like, man, I'm so glad I finished reading my Bible today. And you had a sweet season of prayer. I'm so glad I had a good time of prayer. And you, and you do something like that. You're like, man, I'm so glad I did it. I didn't die after all. And you start learning that the Christian life, it, it, it is attainable. From there, you may go to two-day or three-day, five, seven days, 14 days. Maybe the Lord would eventually lead you to a full 21-day fast. Number three, set goals that will challenge you. We read this morning in Sunday school, Lord, increase our faith. Set a goal that will challenge you. I want to, listen, listen, don't just, okay, can I ask you a question? But let's be honest for a minute, church family. I, I'm just talking to you. If you don't, if you're not, I know you don't have to fast now. I know that. I know that. But if you don't fast now, when are you going to? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, I'm going to do it. Okay, that's great. And some of you will have a plan and you'll be led by the Holy Spirit. And your plan will extend beyond this. And you'll, you'll participate for uh, so many days during this time. And then again, that's wonderful. That's great. But if you just say, I'm not going to do it now because I'm not going to do it because everybody else has done it. First of all, that's dumb. <laughs> You don't do right because people are doing or not doing it. You, but if you're, if you're being encouraged to do something and you can, you can make an excuse not to do it, it would probably be a lot easier to make excuses when no one's encouraging you. Is that all right to say that? Everybody understand? Uh, number four, there's no need to compare yourself to others. Amen? Now, I think it's perfectly fine. We understand the spirit of this. In Matthew 6, we read a while ago, we're not trying to impress each other. And uh, there's really nothing to be impressed about. But we could encourage each other. And sometimes, you know, you say, how you doing? And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. We're not doing it for that. Uh, so don't, don't think you got to keep up with someone else. Amen. Uh, number five, don't wait for pure motives to be obedient. Well, I don't want to fast. I don't feel like I'm doing it for the wrong reason. Listen, if you wait for pure motives, you'll never fast a day in your life. Amen. Well, he's only, they're only doing it because pastor said, well, is that bad? Is that bad? <laughs> is it still a good thing to do? All right, you say, I ain't going to do it because pastor. Okay, well, tell yourself to do it then, for crying out loud. Just do it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Number six, uh, drink lots of purified water. I said that, by the way, if, you, if you're somewhere and you, you can't get bottled water, but uh, you have access to lemon juice, that'll help purify water if you're 
at a table or something, uh, at a restaurant maybe. Number seven, don't get focused on the details, get focused on the Lord. Amen? Look, if you slip up and you put a potato chip in your mouth, just say, thank you, Lord, for that potato chip. <laughs> and just get back on the wagon. Amen? <laughs> just, you know. Uh, don't, 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 don't get focused too focused on the details. God's not up in heaven t- making tick marks. I saw you smell that chocolate piece. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's not. It's not. It's not. No. Uh, number eight, don't get frustrated. Don't get frustrated. Oh, how's it going to Whatever progress you make, count it a win. Amen? You say, Pastor, I'm going I'm, to I'm fast five days in a row, and you make it a day and a half. You're not defeated. You, you fasted longer than most people. You went a day and a half. Amen? You say, yeah, well, don't be frustrated. Just, just do your best to be obedient and get up again tomorrow and try. Keep a prayer and Bible journal. Some of you do that already. I would challenge you. God is going to give you some things. And listen, I'm telling you, if you seek the Lord in this way, God's going to give you some things. And you want to write them down. And remember what the Lord gave you. Number 10, let the Holy Spirit work on you. I have a pastor friend over in Tennessee. And, uh, and, and he had been on several 40-day fasts. I've never done anything like that in my life. First extended fast for me was 28 days. This goes back, I don't know, 15, 18 years, something like that. And, uh, and uh, I, never, I never dreamed about doing something like that. I read it in the Bible, never thought about it. And with his help, and he was uh, my sort of accountability partner. We didn't talk every day, but he would ask me, how's it going, and so forth, and he guided me, and, and uh, that was very helpful to me. But here's what he told me. He said, uh, he said, Brother John, he said, the first 40-day fast, I didn't get anything I prayed for. He said, the second 40-day fast, God just loaded me up. And he said, I realized afterward that on the first 40-day fast, God was just working on me. He was just working on me. So the statement I'm making, let the, let the Holy Spirit work on you. Amen? Listen. You say, Pastor, I'm not very sweet when we fast. Quite frankly, I'm kind of cranky. All right. When you, when you subject your fast, when you, when you do this to your flesh, your flesh is not going to like it, right? But your flesh needs that. So that your spiritual man can emerge and be strengthened. Number 11, share with those who need to know what your plans are so they can help you and not tempt you. Okay? Now, don't make a big deal out of it. But if, you're gonna, if, you, if you need to tell your spouse, your wife, and uh, don't, don't have your wife cook a nice meal, supper for tomorrow night, and set it down in front of you, and then say, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm fasting. Now you tell her ahead of time. All right? And uh, communicate with those you need to communicate with. Number 12, consider a prayer partner, someone to keep you accountable during your days of prayer and fasting. That can be extremely helpful and really knit hearts together. Number 13, pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Fasting is nothing without prayer. It's like a turbo boost on a bicycle. And it's not going to help anything. Okay? Now you put it on an engine, it's going to help. And so it's prayer and fasting in the Bible. Number 14, keep your mind on the Lord. One of the primary purposes of fasting is to get our eyes off the temple and back on the Lord so we can see Him more clearly. And a fast will help open your spiritual eyes. You'll get more out of the Bible. And so keep your mind on the Lord. Don't, don't, don't entertain yourself to death when you're fasting. Uh, and because when you see that pizza commercial, you're going to 
cave. All right? Uh, but uh, try to keep your mind in the Word. Number 15, get in the Word. Number 16, get your children involved to some degree. Amen? I, I'm almost done. Aren't you glad that our children know things about the things of the Lord that we didn't know when we were their age? Aren't you glad about that? We got little kids tithing. They're five years old. <laughs> Isn't that great? And we'll have kids at the school in these next few weeks, and they'll be fasting and praying during lunchtime. Isn't that wonderful? And so get the kids involved. Uh, number 17, let the Lord lead you as to the length of your fast, and he will help you to finish what he leads you to do. Let's bow our heads. Let's stand together. Bow our heads for just a moment standing. Father.